0: no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: peacock streaming live sports and events exclusive originals and new movies we've got premier league and the biggest live events coming this spring like wrestlemania and the indianapolis 500 watch peacock originals like bel-air now and Joe versus carol coming march 3rd hey all you cool cats and kittens plus blockbuster hits and new movies every week including marry me starring jennifer lopez and owen wilson streaming
2: now With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com.
1: Like the big cheese! <laughs>
2: To the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We started things off tonight with Attacker. You know, Mike Sabatini, the drummer from Attacker, was the first guest I ever had on my show uh, back in 2008. I've had Mike and all the guys in that band on multiple times. I'm uh, happy to say that they are working on new material. Sins of the World, their last record came out, I think, in 2016. So it's been about six years since we've had music from those guys. Oh, I shouldn't say that. They actually put out a single about a year ago. Uh, Ski was fronting the band after they had a, after Bobby, uh, let alone Lucas, parted ways with the band. But Bobby's back in right now. New music is being recorded. I'm looking forward to that. But this was the original singer, Bob Mitchell. Bob's got another band going on right now. Bob is in a couple of different bands and projects. But uh, Scepter seems to be his latest one. They're band based out of Germany. They just released uh, the newest record. I had another album out in 2012, I believe, with a different singer, but this is the first one with Bob on there, called Rise to the Lie or something, I believe. I have to go and check that out for you, but Bob is a great singer, and that's a pretty good album. Uh, Rise to the Light, I'm sorry. I haven't gone through the whole record yet. Good sounding album. I'm still getting used to this uh this new studio over here. Uh, it's taken me a little while, a lot longer than I was hoping for. This is the first month of the show, and I thought I'd be used to it by now, but there's a lot of buttons and gizmos that I keep going to that on my old site. We're in one place, and on here they're on another. So I'm trying to talk, and I'm looking on the screen. I'm getting old, I can't see no more. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder, but you know what? We'll make it work. Hopefully, by the end of the next month, we'll have it all figured out. All right, how about some thin ice running mean? Phantom Lord with Mercy Killer and right before that Surgical Steel would crank it up man I absolutely love those two demo tapes from back in the day I wish they would have done more and gone on to better things I mean they had Rob Halford kind of like you know in the corner backing them up I think he produced a second demo, I don't really recall if it was the first or the second one, but Jeff Martin on vocals, Jeff is on the show so many times, I always have a blast talking with him, he has blasted the static going right now, nothing new in in, in quite a bit of time from them, but with COVID, a lot of bands haven't put much music out, hopefully we'll get more from him, but you know, Jeff has played in so many bands, I mean, you know, a lot of people know more for Racer X than anything else, but he played drums in Badlands, he played with Paul Gilbert, I mean, I could go on and on. It was with MSG, uh, countless of bands between playing drums and singing, and it does both extraordinarily well. All right, as you know, a war kind of broke out between the Ukraine and Russia this week, and uh, John sent me over a playlist of some more songs to play. John, there were a lot of songs on that list, so I couldn't get them all on, but we'll do a little triple shot of three songs, and uh, we'll get that on for everybody right now. So let's start things off with a little Blitzkrieg. Alright, a bunch of songs that I guess are a little too real for what's going on in the world right now. Carnivore, World Wars 3 and 4. Clocking in at 10 minutes compared to Hyrex right before that, which was less than 2. I remember the first time I saw Carnivore. It was in the uh, beginning, I believe, of 1984. They were playing at Le in the Battle of the Bands on a Thursday night. Uh, And that was one of the best ones ever because out of that set came Blessed Death and a a a bunch of great other bands who want to get signed later on. Most of them had a little success. Some didn't go anywhere, but they were solid acts. And I remember they came out on stage, you know, Pete Steele was a big guy, you know, probably six foot, seven or eight, if not more than that. They came out with like the gladiator outfits on, the loincloths, they were throwing meat around. It was just a wild show, and they were like, they just blew me away. Because, you know, a lot of the bands that played on that Battle of Bands, you know, like I said, there were a couple of really great bands that came out of it, Then a lot of shitty bands, but I don't know how I got on the bill, so when, when you get a good one, you really appreciate it, I became a big fan of the band after that, and I don't think I missed any show that they played, uh, I wasn't happy with the second record, Retaliation, a year later, different guitar player in the band, they tried to jump on the crossover scene, where hardcore and metal were mixing together, and I just didn't dig that album, you know, that first carnival record is where I was at. I really wasn't a fan of anything else that did did after that, you know. But that's the way life goes. Some people will say the opposite. They didn't care for the first record. They like the second one better, but... It was a great time back then, and I really enjoyed it. Like I said, before that, Hyrex. Hyrex haven't put out a record. It's got to be about eight years or so, I think, since Immortal Legacy came out, 2014. Uh, I think Caten is too busy DJing bar mitzvahs and christenings and uh, record store open. She's <laughs> got the DJ thing going on right now, and uh, it might be distracted from Hyrex. So hopefully we'll get new music by the band this year. I know last week I was talking about some new albums I was looking forward to hearing this year, and one was the Jack Panzer. And the other one was the new Clovenhoof. Well, Lee Payne sent me a copy of the new Clovenhoof, which comes out in two weeks. We're going to have Lee on the show around that same time. I think the Sunday after next, Lee is going to be on the show. So we'll wait till then to play some new music off the new record. But if you've been a fan of the last two Clovenhoof records, you're going to love this one. It just goes above and beyond what they've done on the last two records. So I don't want to give too much away, but Time Assassin comes out in about two weeks. We'll have Lee on the show. We'll talk about it. I don't think we have any guests on the show next week. We were supposed to have... Uh, Chris Gustafsson from uh, Trauma but he never called in, so you know that's the second time that guy did that to me, so I think we're going to put him on the list and ban him from the show, and you know, then again Trauma, he's the only original guy in the band the drummer, and technically, he's not even the original drummer of the band, they had another drummer the first year, but he is a drummer from the classic lineup on that first record, so uh, they're going over to Europe right now uh, I'm not even going to talk about them because like I said, he stood me up, so to hell with them we cut them right out, cut them out But, like, I don't know what annoys me more. Like I said, when bands get back together with just, like, the original bass player, the original drummer, that infuriates me because you're leaving out the key members of the band and you're trying to carry on just on the name but not what the people fell in love with. Or when bands just splinter into multiple frames, you, like, you have like three different versions of L.A. Guns, you got two versions of Quiet Riot, and Quiet Riot's not even <laughs> anybody from the original version of that band, but at least what Rudy saw when when you got somebody that played with the band, and the Randy Rhodes ever at least, even though he wasn't on the, the second record, Kelly Garney was on that record. At least he was in the band live back then. You know, Frankie didn't come until much later. Even though he was playing with Kevin Dubrow in Dubrow, he didn't come into the Choir Rifle until the mental health era of the band. But you got like a multiverse. Now, Heart, Nancy Wilson from Heart, even though they're not heavy metal, it's still Heart, they're a rock band. She's going out on her own as Nancy Wilson's Heart, and her sister Anne is going to go out as Heart because they didn't want to play with each other's musicians. Anne wanted people that she plays with to be in the band, and Nancy wanted her people to be in the band. Now you got two fractions of Heart. This is like an ongoing thing. I mean, great white. I mean, I can I can count the million bands off the top of my fingers that. You know, are out there playing with multiple fractures of the same band. It's just, it turns metal into a joke. We're going to go back to what happened in the late 80s, when things got a little silly, and, you know, grunge came around, and people said, all right, this is the newest thing, and they forgot about metal. And that's what's going to happen again, I think, if all these bands keep doing the stupid shit that they're doing. If you can't get most of that classic lineup together, don't do it. If you cannot go out there and play as one band, you got to have nine different versions of a band Don't do it. I mean, you know, it isn't like there's so much money being made out there today that, you know, you're doing this for survival. There's very little money out there. I mean, I don't know how because, like, I was just looking. Queensryche playing at the Chance in uh, in Poughkeepsie, New York. Tickets for Queensryche. I mean, Hitman's on the bill, so I mean, I would like to go just for Hitman. Uh, but Queensryche, forty five dollars for the general admission, seventy five for the balcony because there are seats in the balcony. Seventy five dollars to see Queensryche, which has two members of that original lineup, and they're and they were, like the least important members. Let's be honest: Michael Wilton and the bass player, <laughs> Eddie Jackson. You know, and is it just me? Or is Todd LaTorre becoming the most annoying human being on the face of the fucking earth? It might just be me. He seems to become the spokesperson for the band, the mouthpiece for the band. He talks like it's been his band since the beginning. Meanwhile, the records that they put out with him are shit. Are they better than the Jeff Tate albums? Yeah, they were really going off course back then. They got a little bit more into the you know the old metal sound now, but it's still crap music. I couldn't tell you the name of one Queensryche song that they put out in the last 15 years. I think Silent City is probably the last song I could tell you the name of. Everything after that record it kind of went downhill. No, I just don't get it. That's just me, but I rant and rave. Never mind. I think if I have something to complain about, I have nothing to talk about at all. But things like that just bother me. I can't see spending $75 on Queensryche. Overkill was playing two weeks before them with Prong, and the tickets are $25. There you get your bank for your buck. Go see that. Don't go see Queensryche. It's not the same Queensryche. All right. Let me see what we can do for you right now. We're going to get to this interview with Rob Dukes, from Generation Kill, I don't know if I mentioned that at the top of the show. Uh, we'll get that on in a little bit. We'll do uh, we'll do another set of three songs, and then we'll get to that interview. Let's do a little Nasty Savage.
1: up the mountain in the It's never done. I'm a fool. This time and place. I'm a tool. The human race. I've been watching through this time. My own level is no I just perceive a signature. its quest
2: Legions of the Lost, and right before that, Anger louder than loud. That was the second demo tape I ever bought back in 1983. They were a good band; I enjoyed them. All right, we're gonna get the Rob Dukes in about two minutes. We're gonna play something off the brand new record, Generation Kills, the first record in almost ten years. MK Ultra—it's out right now. Pick up a copy. Uh, how about we do Evil Eye, and then we'll speak to Rob right after the song is over. Here we go. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened over there. The song stopped playing. Let me uh maybe re-upload the tune. Uh I'll play something else for now. I still haven't figured this whole thing out yet. I apologize. Let's do Vendetta, Never Die, and then we'll get back into uh some Generation Kill. <laughs> this is Mike. How are you? Good, man. This
0: is Rob Dukes. How
2: are you? I'm doing great, man. It's nice talking with you today. All right, man, you too. Hey, listen, I got to tell you, the new record absolutely kills, man. I mean, I didn't think you could do the last one, but you went up another level with this one.
0: Thank you, brother. I, I think we—I uh, agree with you. I think we did too. I think we, uh, I think we raised the bar on ourselves.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's been about eight or nine years since We're All Gonna Die came out. That was a long time. Uh, between records, you know, was there a reason for behind it waiting that long, or were you just not feeling it, or you had to kind of get things cooking? Well, we
0: did, you know, we did this project with, with DMC, and that kind of took a little time out, and then, um, you know, we changed uh bass players, so we, we, whatever music we had written up to that point, we just kind of, we threw it all away and started over and, uh, from scratch, uh, with this current lineup, so, um, that and then, uh, and then COVID fucking happened, so it was kind of like, fuck, man, we just kept getting behind the bay and, and just trying to get through it, and finally it all, you know, came together. So, you
2: yeah. know, yeah, being in the music business is kind of tough enough as it is, and everybody got sidelined for like, oh, it's going on over two years now. That was definitely oh. a definite rough time, the, you know, the Fragile Motors record, the one you were talking about with, with DMC. Was that in any way, shape, or form supposed to be a Generation Kill album that just maybe wasn't working out with the way, you know, you wanted no. to sound? No, man. So, Daryl called me. Uh,
0: we met at a show, and uh, and he called me up and said, hey, I want to write a song with you. Uh, Will you write a song for me for my solo record? And I was like, yeah. So, we wrote a song uh, called Law Lizard, and it ended up being on the Fred Immortals record. Um, so, the song was Law Lizard, and then um, and then we, we had so much fun in the studio, we just kind of kept fucking around and writing more songs, and then we just, it kind of just took a life on its own, and, uh, we put Generation cool on the back burner, and then, um, so once that thing was done, uh, you know, through business reasons, and for whatever reasons, it just kind of did what it did, and then it went away, so we started a record, and then, uh, you know, um, uh, we got rid of the bass player and got a, got Max to come in. Uh, Jason, Valencia's brother, Max, came in to play bass and then we just started writing songs from scratch. So, basically, we didn't really start until like 2018. Um, that was when we kind of started the this album. And, uh, the first song we wrote was Never Relent and, um, uh, we did a bunch of pre-production stuff. Um, and then slowly just started working on the record. Um, Unfortunately uh, We don't all live in New York anymore uh, one our, you know, Jason lives in Florida And I live out in Arizona So um, it became harder to uh, Just kind of put things together And um, that being said you know, There's something to be said for um, Doing it the way we did it Because it allowed us time To look at it and change things for the better Because a lot of these songs um, Were written and rewritten A couple times before they were done you know what I mean. If we we put the first version out; it wouldn't have been as good. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, it changed uh, you know four or five times before I was done with the lyrics, right? And before I was done with the melodies and the way I sang it. Um, you know, I, I, it, it, it took you know five or six different uh, sessions to perform it, and then and put it the way the way you know, together the way it is. Um, so a couple of songs are like that. La Finda Mom was the same way, and uh, um, uh, uh, Evil Eye. Uh, we got Chris Paul to come in and do the guitar solos on it. Yeah. We had it already done, and like we had that kind of song done, and uh, and then he changed the whole aspect of the song. So uh, you know, we went in and changed a couple of things in that, and then um we had John Joseph uh, join us on Dogs of War, and uh, you know, we wrote that song with John in mind, like. I'm gonna have John sing on this song so then we would look for our New York hardcore roots and kinda of went and, and did a song specifically knowing that John was gonna be singing on it with me so uh you know that stuff you know like when you, when you do stuff like that you, you, your first take isn't always the best so it was kinda of, that was kinda of the cool thing about taking time and, and uh doing things the way we did them um I don't think, I don't expect the next one to be that way I think we're gonna do things a little differently but um you know, between the way the world is, man, it's just the way it happened, and I'm really proud of the way it came out. And yeah. uh, I think it's, I think it's the best thing I've ever done in my career.
2: I have to agree with you on that, and it's true. You know, sometimes wow. you know you get a little frustrated waiting on things, but when you see the end result. And this is the end result. And I mean, when when I I heard John Joseph on the record, being a kid from New York and being in a hardcore band myself in the early '80s, playing with the Crow Mags and Agnostic Front, you know, I hear all that influence in these songs. And I laugh because you did an interview. I think it must have been around the first or second record. And you would say, you know, this band I'm in now, Generation Kill, who I work with, it's much mellower stuff than like Exodus. And like, I was like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. And then I put it on, and it was yeah. so brutal in its own right. I was like, if he considers this mellow, I don't know what the hell i <laughs> <laughs> to like to him. That's fucking funny,
0: dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. Well, I grew up in New York, too. So, I, you know, I bring that, that East Coast thing, which is definitely a thing. You know what I mean? When I moved out west you know, it has a, there's a thing to the East Coast, and uh, I think I brought that to Exodus, and I and that's why that era of, my era of Exodus is a little different from the rest of it, because um, I threw that little bit of East Coast in there, you
2: know, so. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, and I mean, you know, you definitely yeah. have that East Coast vibe. I guess metal's no different than rap when they have like the East or West Coast wars. I guess it's kind of the same thing, you know, with our music. Exactly, You know? yeah. It's a different
0: I listen, to, I listen to, you know, I listen to you know, the East Coast rap and I listen to West Coast. i like, you know, like, you listen to, like, Guru or you listen to B, man. They're they're different than Snoop and Dre and those guys. And it's weird that Eminem crosses all all of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, it's just like listening to British uh, heavy metal compared to American heavy metal or British punk rock compared to, to American punk rock. It, you know, it definitely, the culture of where you come from definitely plays a part in and what you're doing. Oh, absolutely.
2: Uh, I mean, you you recorded with DMC. I mean, being somebody who, like I said, grew up in New York in the 70s and 80s listening to music, rap right back then was as underground as metal was. I mean, it was a new genre of music just starting out. They were in the streets in the Bronx and Queens. You know, we were coming from Brooklyn, Manhattan, and the other boroughs. And, you know, so I, I kind of got into all of that at the same time. And I'm saying, like, if all the bands I could think of I'd want to record with, and if somebody says, you know, you know, run DMC, I'm like, damn, you know, that's something else.
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, look, the guy's a fucking living legend, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, when, uh, when we first met, it was just kind of like, yeah, we're, you know, oh, you're from Queens, I'm from Hollis, yeah, and we, we kind of, like, had that thing, we had a conversation and, uh, you know, it, it led to a, a really uh, a cool friendship, man, and I've, you know, I talk with the guy all the time, I mean, we're, we're friends, and, uh, you know, he's a really... Uh, engaging and a very, uh, a special human being. As, as far as people go, he's one of my favorites. And, uh, and he's been through it all, man. He's been through the shit. And for him to call me up and go, Hey, I, you know, I really like your music. Can I, let's write a song together. I mean, I mean, dude, I was, you know, I was a little kid, you know, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? It was, was like, you know, it was like, how could I not? You know what I mean? And uh, I was truly honored. And I, I feel, uh, and the fact that we're almost, we're peers is, is astounding to me. Yeah. And it blows my mind that that, that Daryl from you know from Run DMC thinks I'm a peer, and that is a uh, that is a, a profound human experience that is really hard to put into words. Yeah.
2: You know, you're up there with Alice Smith. I mean, you know, it's a, it's just an incredible thing when you think about it because you know rap. You know the hardcore punk scene from the early '80s here in New York, and CBGB was with the matinees on Sunday, and then we had more here for the rock bands. And, you know, it all kind of melded <laughs> together. And if you talked to a lot of people, I know we're in the same age group, and I'm 54, you're probably around the same age. You know, we kind of listened to it all, and we took all of it and we kind of melded it into one thing if we could, if we were musicians. Well a lot of kids are like, oh, rap, no, no, I'm a metalhead, I don't listen to rap. Or a punk, no, no, I don't listen to hardcore. You know, they always separate it, but it's it's more similar than it is separated, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was one of those guys that I had I had long hair, but I listened to the Clash, but I still listened to the Doors and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, and I listened to Misfits, and I listened to you know Slayer and Metal. I just listened to everything. Man. I just never I never cut myself off from the music experience. I uh, I took in everything, and you know, some things I liked more than others, man. I, I mean, I don't like I don't like country music. I, I'm not a fan. I don't like gospel, and I don't like uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I don't like opera, you know, but I gave them the shot, you know, but I don't like, you know, and it's just, a, it's like, it's like food, man, I've always I, I, I attested music to the food, there's some things you like, and there's some things you just don't, you know, and I, I you know, um, I don't like to shit on anybody's work, um, um, so I don't like to say I don't like things, I just, I look at them more as like, they're just not for me, you know what I mean, I just, yeah. that's how it is, like, I don't like olives, olives me really taste like, you might as well put a piece of shit on my plate if you're going to put an olive on my food, because um, that's what it tastes like to me. And there's some music when you put it on, I just go, oh, it just you just yeah. put a you just put a piece of shit in my ear. And uh, but I don't, I try not to. I, I'm I'm a hypocrite. I, I do it all the time. All like, that shit band sucks, but I try not to do that because um, it, music is relative. It's a it's a human experience that you're you're a part of, and uh, you know, um, so. You know, uh, some songs make me want to punch somebody in the face, and other songs make me want to light a cigar and have a cup of
2: coffee and relax. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's one of the things I love about you is that you're brutally honest about everything you have to say about any situation or subject. You know, you don't hold back. I guess that could be good and bad for certain people. But we live in a world today where everybody has the opinion; they'll voice their opinion. You know, the internet—you click a button with one word, and it can affect anybody. You have to be like really thick-skinned to be in this business. Yes. Uh, I don't read
0: comments uh, I, I, I did in the very early beginning Because I didn't know what I was doing So I, t- I read comments And I and people fucking hated me man. People hated me for trying to fill in For Bailoff and Zetro And I, and I, 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 I stopped reading comments Early on I lead, lead, Actually uh, Lee Altus said to me He goes uh, you should stop reading those Because who cares what everyone thinks You're doing what you're doing and I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So that was it. I stopped reading them, and um, I don't. I, you know, I, I did. Um, my my manager sends me comments for the new stuff because they're so positive. So she's been sending me some some stuff, and I'm really blown away by um, people's response to this record. And and uh, I'm glad they really like it because we we put everything we put every ounce of energy into this man. We we um we, you know. Uh, we just we did it the way we wanted to do it and we're glad that other people are digging it um, and uh, you know so I, I don't uh, you know I don't I don't care what anyone else thinks I don't care about your opinion you're right man everyone can have their opinion uh, with a click of the mouse. so it used to be that you had to have some kind of power I for instance I remember I remember seeing a movie that I loved called True Romance you remember that it was yep. a Tony sure. Scott film yeah Quentin Tarantino wrote it True. much when True Romance came out, man, the fucking reviewer shit on it and said it was a piece of shit. And I said to myself, I'm never listening to anybody's opinion ever again because it, they're, because it doesn't matter. And then same thing with music. I mean, um, I don't expect anyone to, to value my opinion on what I like or what I don't like because it's personal. Um, so, you know, um, I, that's why I don't read comments and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to that stuff. Um, But my manager does, and they pay attention to it, and they want to know what people are thinking. And people are really
2: digging this, so that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at Red, White, and Blood, and then We're All Gonna Die, 90MK Ultra, you can see the progression. Even though there were a few years in between this one and the last one, you can see how how far you've come. And not only that, but, you know, there's a distinctive sound to this band, especially because of your vocals. You know, a singer's always going to define the way a band sounds. The guitar work... But on top of that, you don't repeat yourself, you don't You don't like, you know, trudge up the same stuff from the last record, it's it's generation kill, but yet you never know what you're going to get, even though you kind of know, I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like when you get an ACDC record, you know exactly what you're going to get, and you remember when, remember when, uh, did you, were you
2: a big ACDC fan? Oh, I, I always liked them, they weren't my favorite, but I always okay. liked them, you know, yeah. So they did it right Back in the 70s They did a record And they did like This song called Ride On Which
0: was this slow Yeah This blues song That was just straight up Just old school blues And it was a takeaway From everything they had done Up to that point They had never done something like that And that That little left That that curveball That they threw Made me really fall in love With them Because of that um, And uh, you know I love the band uh, For other reasons But that one was really but my my you know, a band like Queen. So there's a there's a record called News of the World, yep. which is the first record I, I ever bought with my own money. And if you listen to that record from beginning to end, you are taken on such a, a fucking experience because no song sounds like the previous one. They all have their own identity and they and they just they they, they, they it's like being on a roller coaster, man, it goes up and down and up and down and up. And I, I've always wanted to have a band where I could do that. Now, that being said, I'm in a metal band, so I gotta do metal. So, what I think we've tried to do as a band is try to um, stay metal, but bring in other elements that maybe people will like because it's a little different. And that's what we've done, and we've tried not to make every song sound the same, or it's just, you know, like I love the band Pennywise, but you know you're gonna get, they're like ACDC, you're gonna get a Pennywise record. Every song is gonna be a, a fucking just kicking the nuts you know what I mean yeah. um, they don't do ballads they don't do anything slow they do, and, and, I, and I appreciate them for that you know what I mean um, but I don't want to um, I don't want to do that for my own band I want to have uh, the ability to uh, expand and, and do different things um, so that's the coolness about uh, being in this band yeah
2: and, well, uh, I having, and having the guys that, having, having
0: the guys around me to do it I mean the guys I have around me in this band are, are stellar musicians and uh And we all come from different places, so it's kind of cool to mix that all together.
2: Yeah, I know, like you said, a lot of the guys are in different places right now, including yourself. I mean, the way the world is right now and technology we have, you can record a full record with all five or four members being in different parts of the world. Are you that kind of guy that likes that, or do you really like being in the room with everybody where you can say, you know, instantaneously, listen, maybe change that, let's tinker with this, let's move that? Are you more in-person or like an internet type of guy?
0: No, I'd rather be in the room. Yeah. Um, you know the way the world is, we had no choice. We we did we worked with what we had, which is we had to do it over the internet. So, um, yeah, that was just the way the just the way the cards fell for this. Um, but I would rather be looking at my drummer in the face and go, whoa, 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 try this, and then you know what I mean. And even them go, hey, try this, Rob, instead of that. You know. So, um, it's been uh, it was I, the next record. We're definitely going to be in the room together, yeah, without a doubt. That's right. uh, that's our plan. We've already talked about it. We're like, no, we're going to be in the room together when we do
2: the next one. So, yeah. I mean, there must be like a certain level of frustration that comes with the recording like that. Because like you said, when you're in the same room, you can tell you're drumming something right there and work it out and get it, put it to that. But when you got to go back and forth with call, phone calls or files and you're not there to kind of hear what they're coming up with, it does have to be difficult for, for a recording, you know? Mm-hmm. It definitely did, man. It definitely... Uh... But you know, also, the, the,
0: the upside to it is that you... You get to live with it for you. Know, you know, the first time you do something is probably not always your best. You know, it's probably better if you tried it. You know, if you practice it 50 times and then and then recorded the 51st time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what we did. We recorded everything over and over and over again. And in some songs we we changed the structure, like we completely re-recorded it because we we didn't like the way it came out. So we we changed the structure. And then another one we did three times. Like we did it three times. And I, I remember I sang withFgumon the last song on the record. I sang it uh, at least six times before I got it right. I changed the lyrics on it completely from the way it was originally. Um, o I did the same thing. I changed the lyrics. I changed the vocal structure. Uh, I changed the, uh, the way the song felt. I added um, I had a, 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 a melody uh, come in and do a harmony on my vocal to give me a real high because I couldn't get that high myself, so I brought in uh, 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 someone who could, and uh, she came in and, and killed it on the, on the harmonies. Um, you know, and it just, and, and added, that was the, the upside to doing it piecemeal, the way we did it, you know, um, and changing the record the way we did, because we, we got to sit with it, and we got to go, oh no, we can make this better. We can make this better. Oh, we can change that, or we can make this better. So that was uh, that was the upside to doing it the way we did it.
2: Yeah, you know, listening to the record, you would never know. You would think everybody was there recording their parts and, you know, working together. You would never know. I mean, it's amazing how far things have come.
0: Yeah. You know, if you listen to the band from the 70s, like bands like Rush, they would go out and play all those songs live before they recorded them. Which is, that's the way to do it, man. It's to go out and and play those songs a bunch of times and then figure out what works and what doesn't work or what you can improve on or what you can... We go, oh, you know, we can do this better, or this part's pointless, or this song's a fucking filler, throwaway song, let's fucking, let's get rid of it and just start over and do something. That You know what I mean? So that's kind of the luxury of that, and I think that's what we're going to do going in the future. I think we're going to go, on the next one, we're going to write a bunch of songs, and we're going to go try them live before we even record them. That'd, That's our plan that will be great we'll see if it works out Yeah You know how plans are You know what I mean <laughs> Yeah
2: I know But well, that would be great Cause you know Somebody was a teenager In the 80's Going to shows You know this was, There was no internet Back then We had fanzines You know People would put out About the bands And everything You didn't know Who the band was Till you went to that club Saw them live For the first time Heard those songs Live for the first time Then couldn't wait To you know, get a record from them when they got signed. Yes, I always loved it that way because it was always new. It was always a surprise. And I discovered probably ninety percent of the bands I'm into today by hearing them live for the first yeah. time back then.
0: Yeah, I remember when we went uh, real quick. We did uh, on the Silverhead Machine tour. We played the entire record, and what I found was when we played the old shit, people went crazy, right? Because they were they were they knew the songs, but it was a new song. They kind of just stood there and watched. It wasn't because they weren't into it. It was because they never heard it before, and they wanted to pay attention. Yep. Like what? You know what I mean? And then we came through on another tour, and then they were going crazy because now they need the songs. So you know, it was kind of like, a, "Are they not digging this?" And it was no, they love it. They're just paying attention. So um, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it all works
2: out. Yeah, I mean, about I mean, just about people. You know, you got your podcast right now, which is I've been going through for the last couple of weeks with the put up your Dukes podcast. That's some great yeah. stuff because it's just like freewheeling it. Like, you know, you got it's music, it's space. It's not just about one thing. It's it, I'm laughing one minute, I'm shaking my head the next. I mean, you got some great interviews up on there. Uh, how did you decide to start doing this? Um, it, it started out because
0: I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of comedy and stand-up comedy, and I, I, uh, I follow a bunch of stand-up comics who do great podcasts. And I'm like, well... Yeah, it would be kind of cool is to go talk to all my friends and tell stories like you know and have them talk about their experience being a musician or so I'm doing a couple comedians in the next couple weeks um, I'm doing a couple uh, you know I'm flying out to uh, to New York uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit down um, with some people and uh, do some cool interviews and uh, so I got some good surprises come up I don't want to talk about it because I want it to be a good surprise and, and uh, yeah man it's been fun dude it's, it's a cool thing just to you know, share experience back and forth with people. And right now I'm doing a lot of people I know, so I'm, I'm starting to do people I don't know, which has actually been challenging because I don't know. They're in the same world. You know what I mean? So to hear their experience is like I'm hearing it for the first time myself. So, uh, but that's coming up, and uh, I just hope to keep expanding on it and
2: keep doing it, man. You know? yeah, being that you've you've been interviewed probably a million times you know, since you've been in the music business, now you're the one kind of interviewing yeah. people. Do you know what not to do, and what not to ask, and what to ask? Does it make it a little easier for you, or do you still feel like, hey, yeah. you know, I'm the guy that gets interviewed? Why am I, you know, why am I doing it now?
0: I'm trying not to answer the questions that a normal interview would ask. That's what I'm kind of I'm trying to do. That I'm kind of talking about like personal things and talking about things that that, uh, that a normal interview would wouldn't talk about you know what I mean so I'm trying just to just have a conversation uh, yeah so.
2: do you, do you find it funny being like you're up on stage you know you're playing in front of hundreds and thousands of people sometimes and you get that instantaneous response you know the cheers the crowds the screaming when you do the podcast you know you kind of usually most of the time by yourself with a microphone a headset on and you feel like you're talking to nobody like nobody's listening to you <laughs> there's nobody in the other side <laughs> is that was that like yeah. a weird feeling for you yes
0: it is a weird feeling To talk by myself For 20 minutes <laughs> And uh But uh, I, I mean, I mean, When I make myself laugh Or I make uh Melody the producer laugh I know that I'm doing it right yeah. So that's kind of cool Yeah It's always a good um, thing
2: Hey, Rob Any plans I know it's tough right now With the COVID But anything planned live To help support the record Even like one off shows Or anything coming up
0: We're gonna, we're gonna try man We'll announce that stuff As we come along We might do uh We might do a couple shows One offs here and there um, nothing I can talk about just yet because yes. I don't want to say something and then, uh, have it fall through, but we're trying. That's us uh, just... We're, we're, we're trying, you know, so...
2: Yeah, hey, I hope you can make it happen. I know it's been rough. As seems as I like think it's starting to get a little better right now, but every time it does, this government slams the hammer down and <laughs> screws up yeah. everybody else once again. Yeah. So I hope it does get better, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to keep you Rob. I know you've been doing these things all day long, you just, what an amazing yep. job on this record, man. And for people that haven't heard anything by Generation Kill yet, I would say this is the starting point, because everything else you do before and after this is going to be hard to do, repeat. It's just, MKLH is just amazing.
0: Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the interview and talking with you, on, and I hope to see you uh,
2: on the show sometime soon. Uh, I've seen you guys before, and I can't wait for you to get back into the New York, New Jersey area. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You take care, Rob. Good talking to you. You too, Bye Alright, that was Generation Kill, Section 8 off their first record. Before the interview, we did Evil Eye off of MK Ultra. I'm sorry that the song got cut off. I, I have a touch screen computer, and I think what happens, I'm bumping into it, and I'm shutting everything down as it's playing, but there you go, Rob Dukes from Generation Kill. Alright, like I said, I don't think we have any guests on the show next week, but the week after that, we have Lee Payne from Clovenhoof we got Kevin Wynn from Tyson Dog, and all the guys from Frightmare are going to be on the show at the end of March. Maybe we will have somebody on next week. I'll see who's available, and who I can uh, hook up for next Sunday night. I still haven't figured out how to do the live interviews on here yet with Skype. It's like hit or miss, and I don't want to take the chance, so I've been pre-recording them. Even those aren't coming out that great. I have to find a better way of... Pre-recorded interviews. This is probably the only thing I miss about being on Block Talk Radio is that with a phone line, like a dedicated phone line to the show on the switchboard, you can call it anywhere in the world and connect people, and it made it a lot easier. All right, we'll keep the music going here in a little bit. The Olympics are finally over. I have to tell you, I really didn't watch them this year at all, and I haven't watched them in many years. When I was a kid, I used to love them because it was like a big event, you know. Especially the Winter Olympics, that I loved because I was an ice hockey player, and you know you had bobsledding and luge and all these great things, ski jump. But, you know, back then we only had like four channels when I grew up in Brooklyn. <laughs> we had channel. We had ABC, NBC, CBS, and like two local channels. That's all we ever had. So when that came on, it was like a big deal. Today I look at it for a few minutes and I like I'm kind of bored with it all. I mean, I do like curling. I mean, anytime you can get any kind of sport that has two women with brooms sweeping the floor, that's the greatest sport in the world to me. I could watch that all day long. <laughs> a little bit of man pride, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? All right. How about we do some Anger Resort? Steve Gaines working on new music. I can't wait. He always delivers his We Hurry Into Death. know if anybody remembers those guys, Molten Leather with Inversion. That song was on the Metal Massacre 2 record from back in the early 80s. I know they had a, a three song demo out, but I don't think they had anything besides that and they kind of faded away uh, not long after that demo tape did come out. If anybody knows anything more about the band, let me know because I kind of like them. I, I still have the demo in my collection somewhere. I don't, I don't think I ever transferred it to an mp3 I have to go look about that and do it, but uh, they were a pretty good band. Before that, Axe Attack with Leather, Lace, and Studs, and Original Sin with Pandora's Box. We're going to wrap things up here in a little bit. One or two more songs. We'll get on some brand new Scorpions. I mean, if you've been a fan of the last couple of Scorpions records, you'll probably like this. I'm hearing people say, you know, it's the best thing the Scorpions have done in a long time, and it's a solid record. It's old school Scorpions. It, it, it's a good record, don't get me wrong, but it, it's like more in this Sting in the tail vein and the return to forever, and the stuff that they've been putting out over the last 10 years. It's definitely not old-school classic Scorpions. Very few bands sound like they used to back in the day, you know, so it is what it is. It's not a bad record. Uh, Just, you know, we'd love to hear that old-school sound again, but it's never going to happen. So we'll play something off the new Rock Believer record. We'll close things out with Manowar, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. No guests, as far as I know, unless I can find somebody who wants to come on next week. uh, We'll just be playing music and really talking about nothing but nonsense, because there's very little going on in the male community right now. Not much news happening to even talk about. So we'll chit-chat, we'll bullshit, we'll play music, and if I do find somebody who wants to come on, we'll get them on. All right, so let's do brand-new Scorpions. This is Call of the Wild. We'll follow that up with some Man of War. Take care, everybody. Have a great week, and I will see you next Sunday. We'll do. You know what? We'll do battle hymns. We'll send it out to our friends in the Ukraine. Kick those Russians' asses and get them out of your country. Here you go, brand new Scorpions. Hear the call of the wild, The
0: call of the wild.
1: White- What's
0: Clean up your dog's allergies, clean up their tummy issues, and clean up their skin with Wild Earth. Clean, high-protein, cruelty-free dog food. Head to Paw Nutrition starts in the bowl. See how at WildEarth.com. This is not an offering
1: to sell a franchise. Franchise offerings are made through the Franchise Disclosure Document. Ask for details. Ready to own the number one staffing franchise that averages $5.4 million in revenue? Ranked as the number one staffing franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine for 11 straight years, Express is a proven franchise concept with nearly four decades of industry experience. With immediate market availability near you, the time to invest in an Express franchise is now. To learn more, visit expressfranchising.com. That's expressfranchising.com